back to the party, everyone. Oh, I can't even be bothered to feign interest this time. Anyway, all right. <laughs> How are you doing, Adam? What's up with you? Uh, well, I just I thought, I mean, allow me to be the first to say, happy second lockdown to us all. Hey! I know Congratulations. Where, where you've been languishing as you are in the north of England, it's been, well, essentially a sort of constant rolling programme of miniature lockdowns. But down where we and our handsome guests are, in the south and the Midlands, it's um, yeah, it's been fine, and now we're back, now it's, and it's now it's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine, but crucially, we've been given a spe- special dip- dispensation to continue the party. And and who is it? I spy across the room, merrily bouncing his way over. My, could it be our friend Grey Westgate? Grey, hello. Oh, good evening, hello, gentlemen. I- I'm glad you got my sparrow last week, bringing news of my arrival. I thought he, he was a he was an ownery customer. Yes, to be honest with you, he was a persistent little shit. But <laughs> I've trained him well. I've trained him well. <laughs> you, you are most welcome to the party, great. Well, I mean, you've always been at the party, just in another corner where we've not been discussing or having any chit chat. Yeah, I, I'm usually sat having a hot chocolate, which is uh, on a beanbag with my grandpa, which is why why I thought this was quite a apt record to bring to the party this evening. Oh, and, and what hotel um, would that be? Well, it's I have the same thing that me. you said it would be last time. You know, people listen to these out of sequence. Well, <laughs> they, for one, they shouldn't. <laughs> For two, we just that it sort of canon. thing. And, and it is the title of the podcast feed. <laughs> Why am I arguing with myself? Uh, yeah, I, I have brought with me uh, Tea for the Tillerman by Cat ah, Stevens. The Tillerman. The Tillerman. Wonderful. I, I'm yeah. assuming, now I, I did obviously hear you last week discussing whether it is Tillerman or Tillerman and I think Stevens does actually say Tiller Man in the in well, the, title the, the title of the album is Tea for the Tiller Man, um, suggesting there is but one man at, at the tiller, and the idea of other notional Tillerman is neither hither nor thither. That Stevens himself is really only concerned with the wherewithal of one Tillerman. See, I wasn't really but, when, when I was saying Tillerman, I wasn't going so much for a, you know a murder of Tiller men. <laughs> It, you know, or a flamboyance of Tillerman. It was more just... I think it's I was, a flotilla of Tillerman. Okay, well, I was, I was just giving it a soft <laughs> A. So, Tillerman. Uh, or See, an I was, E, I was sometimes called. When, uh, when, you're, when you're talking about boatman, you don't... Talk, you know, is, is it a boatman or is it a boatman? Is it an oarsman or an oarsman? And therefore, I, I've always just thought it was... Because t- otherwise, it sounds like Philoki. So, here comes the Tillerman. It, well, it doesn't. It doesn't Nick make Cave sense. Nick Cave didn't say the boatman's call. It's the boatman's call. I always say boatman's call. I would have said boatman's call. It's boatman, yeah. A man of his boat and his <laughs> and the titular call. I feel like we should be called Mr. Cave. It's boatman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it you'll is, find it's boatman. Is it Iceland or Iceland? <laughs> Depends where you're shopping. Exactly. Well, I think I do feel like Grey raises a very good point here, Adam. I'm sticking with Tillerman. I'm sorry, Ad. Mm, no, you've just said it with an A. Mike said it with an E. Thus, I was giving it a soft, Mike, a a soft said A. It, I think I think you'll find he said it with a schwa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and an umbopchi baby. Right. <laughs> I think that was racist, was it? I, I didn't understand anything you just said. I didn't, I didn't either. I, I didn't realise we were doing Hanson this week. All of this hot Val chat has really perked me up. <laughs> oh. Gentlemen, so, to business. So great, if, if you will, can you lay on <laughs> us some hot con text? <laughs> Are you going I, to be I adding can... unusual pauses throughout the pod? Or... Sorry, the pod cast. The podcast, yes. The podcast. Uh, the podcast, yes. Uh, so, yes, I can lay on some, some sweet, hot context for us. So this is uh, Cat Stevens' fourth studio album. Uh, he kind of shot to the limelight in 1967 with his debut album, Matthew and Son, and put out another three rocket records pretty much straight after one another. <clears throat> but uh, in the interim, he was diagnosed with TB and a collapsed lung and spent oh. a great, mm, great deal of time in hospital. And during that time, he did a lot of writing. And that is what brought forward uh, this album and the one just before it, which is called Mona Bone Jackon, yes, which I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Adam. Is there any schwa's in that? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, if, so if we've learned anything, it's that I simply don't know. <laughs> but I do like finding fault in Michael. But Mona Bone Jackon was Cat Stevens' uh, rather cheeky name for his penis, which is quite sweet. Um, but yeah, he put out that album and this one both in 1970. So we're actually looking at the 50th anniversary this year. Nice. Uh, and yeah, he has actually re-recorded the album for that. And I'm sure we might talk about that along the way. Um, it does read something like a greatest hits for Cat Stevens. You've got Where Do the Children Play? You've got Wild World on there. You've got Father and Son. So a lot of his really big hits are on this album. Uh, the cover art, as with many of his albums, is by Stevens himself. Uh, he was an art student and so thought, why don't I do my own album covers? Why don't I do it? It was met with mostly good reviews um over its, at, the, at the time yep. it wasn't met with overwhelmingly positive reviews it wasn't there because was i was listening to, i listened to this again to obviously i've been listening to it a lot but i listened to it again today and i was hit by the realization that i cannot envisage anybody disagreeing with this album oh anybody could listen to this and not come away going that's terrific how can you possibly not like it? I, with some people just being cantankerous sobs. Village well, voice critic Robert voice. Cr yep. yes, found the music monotonous. Well, he's a And chunk. lacking the dry delicacy of Mona Bonjacon, apparently, uh, which I would disagree with because I think this is dryly delicate in many ways. Um, Rolling Stone have placed it uh, at number 206 in their 500 greatest albums of all time. And it was followed in 2017 by its spiritual successor, The Laughing Apple. Um, and 
also to kind of, I've been trying to research your question last week as to what he is known as right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and the only answer I can come up with is on my copy of The Laughing Apple, it is credited as Yusuf, and there is a sticker with the new album by Cat Stevens. So I believe he knows himself as Yusuf, but the world kind of still knows him as I was going to say, for the sake, I don't wish to be, you know, offensive to the man's choices, but I was going to say, for the sake of ease, we're going to be calling him Cat Stevens throughout, I imagine, because that's what he was when he recorded this. Yeah, I which I, I think is probably good. fair enough. Yeah, I think it? that's fine. I think that's fine and good and fair. Mm. Um, and that's that's what I have for context. Lovely bit of context there. Some top-notch context, Craig. Thank you so Top much. con. <laughs> right, let's get a banging party started. Yeah, because nothing says a thundering driving party like the delicate stylings. Do, 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 of Cat Stevens. Do, 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 do. Well, I think it's fine. Building jumbo planes. See, I think, where do the children play? I think it's got a real <laughs> opening of an album feel to it. And it's something that's not necessarily done these days. I, I think, Adam, you'll probably disagree with me, but I do think Thunder Road on Born to Run is, is the very best example of that. It's, it's just a very theatrical setting up of... This is where we are. I've hmm. got a story to tell you. Sit down and listen. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. It's an interesting comparison. There is one flaw with your argument, which is that one of the albums that you've mentioned is superb, and the other one is Bobbins. Discuss. Maybe we'll discuss this more <laughs> next time I'm on, Adam, and I bring you some Springsteen to digest. Oh, great. I look forward to listening to a millionaire talking sessions. about the problems of the working man. Well, I do think this this idea is done better on the Kinks Preservation Act One with the first song, literally the morning song, where it's the village is waking up to a lovely new day, which is the same vibe this has. This has a the atmosphere of uh, oh, it's a lovely morning, everyone's looking out a window and everything's pleasant here in Teletubby Land. Yeah, I mean, what I was hit by, and this is entirely because of my own absolutely acknowledged complete lack of knowledge about Cat Stevens this is the first piece of Cat Stevens that I've ever listened to he has always occupied an enormous void in my listening but I had rather written him off without any knowledge whatsoever as a possibly slightly twee singer-songwriter but what I was hit with with Where the Children Play is it's not a singer-songwriter album there is this is an album this is reesh with all orchestration and ornamentation and there's lots and lots happening in it and the drumming in it is often propulsive and dynamic it is Mm. but what's wonderful about it and it's it's very very evident on the title track is that he it is it is a singer-songwriter album insofar as it is him he is front and center Mm. his voice is a remarkable and lovely thing and on the first two tracks in particular like that in Where Do the Children Play, he drops down. Like, well, you'll know, Greg, because you're an actual musician, but he drops down <laughs> like what seems to me like 
half an octave or an octave mm. in the which is it's really quite hard to do he does He's... have quite an amazing range i mean mm. we'll get to it when we get to father and son but actually the the range in father and son is is huge you, you don't really realize it listening to it but but no, singing no, no. along more. See, well, it, you're singing along and you suddenly realize that you're you're reaching the very base of what you're capable of <laughs> but yeah i was absolutely blown away by the album lads i was completely and totally transfixed and <laughs> genuinely believe that it has now rocketed into my sort of favorite albums list Ooh. And I, for, for that to have happened, and for me to yeah. have never listened to it before, is remarkable. I was playing it to my other half in the car when we took our daughter out at the weekend, and it is—I mean, it was—it was universally well received by <laughs> by everybody in the car. <laughs> my ridiculous car, Mike. Yeah, your ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous car. It was literally the largest automobile I could have bought. Ford. <laughs> Yeah. No, I just I, I think Where Do Children Play is a beautiful, just lovely, warm embrace for song, even though the lyrics of it are more that 70s style of um, social commentary. And the music is this very pleasant green land, but then the lyrics mm. are talking about, well, we're all destroying the land, aren't we? And we're, in, industry is uh, costing, you know, Social progression is costing us uh, our land and our fresh green grass. Yeah, it's like a yeah. much, much better big yellow taxi. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm going to stay by, I'm going to stand by that and leave it there. Different version of a similar theme. Yeah, I would go with my different version, similar theme. I, I, I think they are two very sublime songs. Um, I do think, I mean, uh, you know, you're saying about it being very social, uh, 70s social commentary, without sounding, you know, I, I think it's still quite apt, though. And it, it, listening to it again, I've not, I hadn't listened to this album in its entirety in a, in a long time. And Where Did the Two Children Play isn't necessarily one that I would go to on, you know, I'm randomly going to listen to some Cat Stevens. And it did hit me that it was like, oh, 50 years on and it's still relevant. I, I, in it definitely my is still relevant, but I think 1970 was around the time when people started discussing this. Mm. Mm. Because like, certainly previously, it will have been in the very late 60s when people started discussing that idea because previously oh, yeah. everything Some was about moving, moving forward and mm. technology was almost universally seen as, in my view, as a positive thing, as was all progress. Whereas yeah. from like 1966 onwards, people started, well, that was around the time that bands started going to get it together in the country and attempting to embrace this pastoral, mm. more sort of idyllic way of life, away from the bloody hustle and bustle. <laughs> yeah, and then flying their jumbo planes to go play gigs. Mm. Well, I mean, they, had, they hadn't quite cottoned on to hypocrisy by that point. <laughs> um, but, no, no. <laughs> Hypocrisy and irony were probably 15 years away. <laughs> <laughs> They're around around Duran's time. So I assume, gentlemen, that he's doing the guitar work on the album. I believe he is. He is, the, a, he is a guitarist. There he's is a, another guitarist he's a sublime as well. Guitarist and it's someone, there's someone from, oh, bother. I can't access the thing. There is someone from another band who is on oh, guitar dear. as well. 
Um, but Maybe I can't remember. Probably you. Well, listening to the the re-release of it, you would blooming think so. It is so reggae and jazzy and bluesy. Did either of you listen to the fifty? I did. I gave a listen today. Mm. I didn't. I stuck to the original. Time's a factor, and uh, frankly, if you've already hit upon an album you really like, you think the idea of re-recording it. In my view, I would think this can only go downhill because it's it's so good and it doesn't need any changes. Although I respect his goddamn right to do it. There's Alex, there's a small I, handful of songs that he's done some clever reworks of, but mostly it's some I did not care for at all. Mm, it was the like this world is no oh, what, no wild world done almost as a jazz bar yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, it, God, no. it was like listening to Ali Campbell reimagining the British Songbook. I'm pretty sure Ali Campbell has done the British Songbook, hasn't <laughs> he? He has, and I yeah. played it to you in a beer garden. Yes, you did, yes. yes. Uh, I want to paint it black. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was widely condemned. Put that paintbrush condemned. down. It was by everyone in the beer garden. <laughs> it was widely condemned. <laughs> and yes, the other guitarist on the album is Alan Davies. Of... Jonathan Creek fame? Yes. Good. Alan Davies, Jonathan <laughs> Creek fame. Well, who knew he had it in him? There's some wonderful work mm. in there. Mm. I thought I was... <laughs> is it Where Are The Children Play that's got the lovely strings behind it? Um, there's some there's nice a lot of cello and, or strings. double bass in the um, background. I think there is some in that. The ones, the strings that really stood out for me were Sad Lisa and mm. um into white i think mm. sadly well we'll come to that but sadly so i think it's sublime actually i think on whether the children play for me it's that <clears throat> lovely little keyboard that just has the, mm. the overall melody of it just throughout it which i believe is cat himself it is the cat man <laughs> cat man cat man do himself <laughs> yes and he do do and he do no, it's a, it's a wonder. It's a wonderful. I'm I'm really trying to avoid using the word pleasant, but it is. It's just a pleasant, oh, pleasant it's song. Oh, pleasant. It's indescribably it really lovely, and I mm. think the we are. Gray's already used it, but we are. I suspect I have as well. But we're. I think we're all going to struggle to do better than sublime for a lot of mm. these records uh, because they're. That's exactly what they are. It's where yeah. have you been all my life, lovely. <laughs> See, this has been part of all my life. I have been listening to this yeah. album for as long as I can remember. Yeah, but I, the tragedy is I lived, I had a more culturally <clears throat> impoverished background. And if it wasn't the best of the Mavericks, then I just didn't hear it, Mike. There is nothing wrong with the best of the no, Mavericks. No, there isn't. There isn't. Um, frankly, Their cover of Here, Here Comes My Baby, which is. another Cat Stevens. Um, well, was Dance the Night away Cat Stevens as well, or is that a Mavericks no. original? <laughs> I, I, um... Probably Dolly I Parton feel it cover. was a cover of so, probably, yeah, probably Dolly Parton. Isn't it? Probably Dolly Parton. Isn't yeah, it? it's probably Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton or uh, Carol King, who apparently has written all of the songs. Oh yeah, she yeah she went through that period where she wrote all the songs. Where she wrote everyone's she, songs, she all of the songs. Of yeah, what's my name, Snoop Dogg? Carol King. Uh, <laughs> hit me with your ribbon sticky injury, Carol King. Carol King. <laughs> have, I, I'm assuming neither of you have seen Beautiful, the Carol King musical. You're damn right. <laughs> you yeah. know to do it. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Know your audience. By but Joe. You, by Joe. 
But no, in that she has written oh, every song ever. I like. I was. You mean she'd going, written every single song in the Carol King musical? That did, is a remarkable. She, thing. She, did you know she wrote the locomotion as made famous by Kylie Minogue? I'm not even kidding. Yeah. 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 I think she wrote Lebanon by the Human League. <laughs> and Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. <laughs> Yeah, and her, although her, we've, her version of that is very slow. Very slow. <laughs> I like her original version of uh, Scatman by Scatman John. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have quite the agency he brought to it. Would Not anybody quite. else like to suggest an incongruous song that Carol King might have written? <laughs> Please email it in to listeningpartypart at gmail.com. Anyway, should we move, anyway. To, move on to Hard-Headed Woman? Hard-Headed Woman, I think, was, it was, or is, the song that I most, uh, I first properly latched onto. I think he adds, uh, he injects a sort of throaty quality to his voice, where it becomes almost, um, you know, as threatening as an aggressive cuddle can ever be. But it was just, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely, there is an edge to his delivery, which was, I found, quite... Uh, surprising, because I, I, it wasn't. I think I'd heard Father and Son basically, so it was more. There was more aggression in it than I necessarily expected. That doesn't mean it's you know metal. It just means there was yeah. more well, there. Th- there is that effect that after being swaddled in warmth by Where Do the Children Play, there is yeah, something yeah, yeah. a bit more melancholy about Hard-Headed Woman. There's yeah, something yeah, a bit yeah. more a disjointed quality to his voice. And both subtle, almost Leonard Cohen-like strings in the back. It does have a more melancholic tone to it. Ominous. I, I hate to be the one to ruin this for you, Michael. Yes. I can't listen to this song without thinking of Man or Muppet from The Muppets. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, I'm, I'm, I have nothing wrong with that. I, I know, but it just there's so much... I don't know whether... Um, Oh, which one was it that wrote the music for The Muppets? It was one of the Concords, wasn't it? Um, Brett McKenzie? Yeah. Um, I don't know whether he had been listening to this album and therefore got an Oscar off it, but it this song really, the, the echoes, the way that it's structured, it really, I could not not hear Man or Muppet. I, I think it's a fantastic am song. I, I do Muppet? wonder, am I a Muppet? Um... I do wonder if it's a response to Elvis Presley's hard-headed woman. Well, certainly when you Google hard-headed woman trying to find the lyrics, as indeed I am now, um, hmm. you, you have to go really quiet on a podcast because you're trying to get rid of all of the Elvis Presley results. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> They're very noisy, aren't they? I, I, oh, I, oh, oh, baby, oh, baby. Hard, well, this one? I no, assume no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I do think this does have one of my favourite lyrics on it. It's the, I, I've known a lot of fancy dancers. Well, haven't we all? Rag. I have <laughs> Michael! <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a good song. It's a, it's a great song. But Yeah, I really like the bit, what is it, about halfway through, when he just says, I don't know. And then there's the thing. <laughs> I mean, and it's got that level of urgency, uh, dun, 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 which was missing from the Carol King original. It was but, indeed. Yeah, yeah uh, Stevens himself. Dun, dun. 
told Creed magazine. Ways. Hard-headed woman is a strange one. I don't really know who a hard-headed woman really is. I'll find out one day. It's weird. I mean, most of my songs, I just let them come and figure them out later. Is that your Cat Stevens voice? It will be for the, <laughs> for the purposes of this show. <laughs> Sounds like Andy Hamilton. <laughs> Andy <laughs> Hamilton's more like that. Yeah, Andy Hamilton's got much more nasal. It does, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like somebody doing work experience at the BBC. It sounds like Cat Stevens, let's move on. (laughs) Sorry, yes, it sounds like Cat Stevens. I've just written an album and now I'm going to go off and write another series of Outnumbered. Now let me talk to Cream (laughs) Magazine. What What did he say to Cream Magazine, Michael? I just told you what I, I said to Cream Magazine. Could we hear from Cat Stevens and not Mr. Hamilton? <laughs> if we're in the inside the actor studio, could we could we talk to Cat Stevens now? What did he <laughs> What did you say to Cream Magazine? Fuck <laughs> off, you pompous ass! <laughs> Everyone should have bloody Tories. Those children, wonderful improvisers. No, they're not for tedious. <laughs> Yeah. Has anyone yeah. seen what we did on our holidays yet? No, no one did. Oh. That's the film Billy Connolly found out he was ill. A friend of mine yes. saw Andy Hamilton on one of his many tours of regional art centres and said, oh, it was such a good evening. It was so funny. And I couldn't even find it within myself to go, oh, was it? Because I sat going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, I bet. <laughs> I, I got nothing, not, nothing really against Andy nothing Hamilton. Nothing against him. I mean, he's not great. He's fine. He's inoffensive. Anyone listening who thinking who the frick is Andy Hamilton? He's a British comedy writer who's done a few things that are quite well known. He's a tiny little bearded man with quite an abrasive voice. He's fine. He's fine. 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 I want. I want more than fine. If I'm going to go to a regional arts centre, <laughs> you prefer to go and see Michael McIntyre? Yes. Oh, good God! Oh. I really would. <laughs> I saw him shopping for scarves once well, in the but he is in London. unlikely to be at a regional arts centre. He does arenas or higher. I don't know so what higher is. Why? <laughs> because he can. What's, I, what's he got that Andy Hamilton doesn't? A Nash. A really annoying voice. Well, yes, his voice is also grating. But hey, the guy gets it done. I mean... Oh, yes. I also have done... I've put things in a drawer. That's, that's brilliant, Michael. <laughs> Um, yep, no, big fan of Hard-Headed Woman as well. Again, the guitar work on it is exceptional. Mm. The, I mean, I can't play the guitar, but it sounds like he's having to move his fingers a lot, and that really is the sign of a quality <laughs> piece of guitar for me. Lots and lots of notes. Oh, he must know how to play. He's doing lots of it. Yes, he's doing so much playing, <laughs> so he must be tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> you bashed something long enough, yeah. Wonderful. So, but is it, it is potentially after Father and Son the other big song on the album, Wild World? Boom. La, 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 I struggle with Wild World, Wild World because it clearly remind, you do. Well, it reminds me of that um, Peter Frampton song, Willy World. No, ooh, baby, I love your way. Oh no, Adam. I don't oh, like. The beast. I, don't, I don't like that no, comparison. No, I'm not saying no. I support it. I'm just in saying. What, in, 
May I suggest why you've done this is because did you listen to Best of Reggae albums around the same time period <laughs> where Maxi Priest did his version of Wild World, which would then come after Big Mountain's version of Ooh Baby I Love Your Way? Yes, that sounds likely. That sounds like exactly what I was doing, yeah. Gentlemen, I'll see you next week. <laughs> I, yeah, this yeah, yeah. is my song of the album. I adore Hey, Gray, song. don't misunderstand me. I think the song is a belter. I just hate the fact that every time I listen to it, I also have to think about Peter Frampton because I would prefer not to. Well, what's Peter done to you? What's Peter Frampton done to you? He did the makeup on that film. I forgot. <laughs> <He did. laughs> it's from our other podcast. Sorry, I've right? thrown back. Uh, so, sorry, it's a callback to, to a to joke find, that nobody to, to will find have heard. Out that the, the, the origins of that joke. Go and listen to Breaking Glass. The we've, David Bowie. Podcast. We've had My some that disclaimer a few times. Where, no, I know, Adam. I listened to the but show. Mate. We've only we've only actually started doing this podcast to service the true calling, which is an inaccessible and impenetrable David Bowie podcast, which went on for a billion years. <laughs> it went on too long, everyone. <laughs> Even I, who have known these men for a very long time, gave up very soon into that one. Some people my, didn't. <laughs> my, my, Some my, people my, stayed with us all the way. <laughs> God love them. <laughs> Are you there, and they're here tonight. <laughs> Are you there, gentlemen? Are here in my dining room. All right, Jeff. <laughs> he won't speak, but he will send you an email in a week saying he broadly agrees with everything we've said. <laughs> and we're thankful for him. So yeah, I love I love Wild World probably yeah. because I remember the Maxi Priest version so fondly, and then I started as listening I, to this. As do I. Oh, clearly, as you do, because you love Big Mountain as well. Uh, yeah, it's that and I'll always remember you like a child. This is, to me reminds me of uh, Summers. Summers as a young boy. In Tuscany, the curtains flowing, the lemons growing. In Tuscany, read Staffordshire. Staffordshire. It was like, imagine if you were death in Venice, but in Birmingham. Staffordshire is often described as the Tuscany of the Midlands, isn't it? Not of the whole UK, that would be ridiculous, but certainly of the Midlands. Oh, well, of course, yeah. It's the Riviera of the landlocked Midlands. (laughs) I'm just amused that a song about a really tragic breakup reminds Michael of running gaily as a child through orchards. That's because Michael is only truly happy when he's revelling in the misery of others. (laughs) (laughs) We you fools! (laughs) She left you! (laughs) Although if this is uh, his second breakup song with um, Patty de Banville, I... As much as I love this song, I freaking love Lady de Bonville, the song. Yeah. I believe it was on the album preceding us, the one with his, uh, yeah. his Johnson as the title. Mm. Uh, Lady de Bonville is a barnstorm of a song. Yeah. Oh, Alec Guinness is here now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I love this song. I think it's. It's it's very personal, um, I, and I th- I just it's probably one that I I would I remember it being on a lot when I was a kid. You know, it was my mum that got me into into Cat Stevens, and this was always one that was 
on about the house and as you say there are the riffs in it are just there is a nostalgia to them and it's just it's a beautiful story i think it's phenomenal it's very lovely it's very very lovely and the lyrics are he, he's a we haven't really touched on him as a lyricist other than to say he taps into that very late 60s very early 70s guys stop stop making car parks out of fields vibe but if you want to leave take good care i hope you make a lot of nice friends out there is is there something very to the point and therefore yeah. sort of beautiful about it yeah. it's so quoted ian it's just it's 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 very very it's a it's a really it's also quite an honorable and laudable sentiment if you're talking about a breakup you could forgive a man for saying fuck off it's much nicer the, his way well it, it's so mm. earnest in a way it could be read as just a very pleasant um warning to like a young girl going out into the world for the first time it doesn't necessarily even have to be a, an ex or breaking up song it i could... think that is how i used to think it was as a as a kid oh, actually i, did, I yeah. felt it was almost him talking to like his daughter or something yeah i always i was talking to like that mm. yeah because mm. we, we've all met them um although now that i've lost everything to you and baby i'm grieving do rather lend yeah, weight as, to, the, as, to the latter analysis. Yeah, as a six-year-old. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Who has not known the, the tender caress of a of stabbing thistle of... Remember, Adam, we, 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 we were introduced to this album most three decades before you were. Well, that's quite yeah. right. But it, I would like it known that I, as a youth, wept along to the best of the Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> and that, they got me through some very tough years. Yeah, you were listening uh, to Mavericks. They were tough years. Hey, hey. And if you should see <laughs> us, please your filthy let stuff her know. your mouth. <laughs> In many ways, it's the sister piece to this record, and, I, and I'll say no more about it. Shut <laughs> your. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets a telegram back, say, you know, no thanks for the song. <laughs> How dare you! Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, this one peaked at number 11 in the Billboard 100, so it was actually the biggest song off the album. Uh, mm. It's had some um, criticism over the year, so, uh, well, I think around the time of it, actually. Um, a critic called Ellen Willis wrote in an essay called But Now I'm Gonna Move, said that the lyrics, uh, well, said that the lyrics uh, in the Cat Stevens song are gentle, gentle and sympathetic, but ultimately had a misogynistic quality to them. Um, Could you not argue that about any song ever that has used the words girl or baby? Yes, and all of the output of 50 Cent. <laughs> well, well, yes. Or I would Kanye say West. about the output of virtually every song. I thought you were going to say of, of critic Ellen Willis. I was going to say pre <laughs> the last couple of years that wasn't written by Carole King. Um <laughs> Which, admittedly, is a scant few songs. And uh, you're not giving us much to work with here. I'm not seeing I a believe, huge I believe amount that, of I believe misogyny. that Barbie Girl was not written by Carole King. No, but the theme the from Ghostbusters was. And that's, yes. <laughs> that's not a misogynistic song. 
uh, something that is very troubling though about the song, not connected with Cat Stevens. Or Carol King. Or Carol King. King. No, the, the other of the triumvirate, Jonathan King. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm worried that six episodes in, that's the second time we've mentioned Jonathan King. Oh, that's uh, because the spectre of King looms large. <laughs> in, in 1987, he released a cover using the melody of the Pet Shop Boys' It's a Sin to prove a weird point that, that, that the tune of It's a Sin had ripped this off. So, but what, he had no skin in that game, did he? No. Cat <laughs> Stevens, by this point, had basically left music. He wasn't fussed. And Jonathan um, King was obviously either in prison or soon to be in prison. He was doing whatever he got up to in those days. Um, allegedly. You know. Well, no, allegedly. he was convicted, isn't he? So he was not There's nothing alleged about it. <laughs> he was nonsing and keeping Genesis money for himself. And um, yeah, he just took it upon himself. It's like, hey, hey, hey. Hearing on the radio and just hearing Pet Shop Boys, it's a sin. And they went, so right. I've got to imagine that Neil Tennant and Chris, whatever his name is, the other Pet Shop Boy, presumably heard that and went, please don't. Mr. King, please, please, doesn't. And Cat Stevens presumably was going, hey, no fair. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, this is a little bit like Dylan. Taylor Swift and um, Right Said Fred. <laughs> oh. No, the whole thing about... Um, Taylor Swift and the lawsuit saying yeah. that she'd got it off I'm Too Sexy for um, yeah. Ooh, look, look What, what You Made, made me, me Do. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad song. Genuinely, I've just spent your little tete-a-tete there playing all of It's a Sin through my head. I cannot hear a single note that fits that personally. I don't know. Well, as we know about Jonathan King, he isn't convicted nonce, therefore quite mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe they go hand in hand. But the, not all quite says. mad people are convicted nonces. Just no, just it's, it's an important distinction to be made. You see, an important distinction. <laughs> it's an important one. Well, hasn't... one can be quite mad and not be a nonce, but one That's can't true, be a nonce and, be a and be not be quite, quite mad. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not a two way street. It's the tragedy of the mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> To be thrown into this Venn diagram with Jonathan King gurning in the centre of it, are playing his bit... Pet Shop Boys albums. At this point, are we being irreverent or hugely offensive? I think, I think we you... may have slipped off irreverence, yeah. <laughs> off the life raft of irreverence. Come into with the me, boys. Murky waters. <laughs> these waters are getting very murky now. I don't like this at all. I'm afraid. I fear that waters have been muddied too much. <laughs> Shall we, therefore, Shall we move on to sad Lisa? into sad, sad Lisa? Lisa, Lisa, sad Lisa, sad Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. That will happen. I wonder time. if Lisa is the uh, subject of Wild, Wild World. Not a third song about her. No, because it's almost like you've had him saying farewell and then... You've got the girls' side of the story. I don't know. I, I, it's just a thought that I had listening through. Lads, lads, could he be Lisa? Oh. oh. <laughs> Ow. Probably not. No, probably not. Because... <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm just going to have to alert these pigeons for you have thrown a cat amongst them. <laughs> She hangs her head and cries on my shirt. That's not the melody again. She hangs her head. She must be hurt very badly. Tell me one thing. 
I think this is beautiful. I think the string orchestration and the piano in this are just oh the piano. I'm gonna yeah. use, I'm gonna use the word again. They are sublime. I, I think this is yeah they are. It's but a, musically it's a... one of the strongest songs on the album. Oh yeah, the piano just tinkles away theatrically. Mm. It's Almost like, mirroring the rain, rain of her yes, eyes. Yes, yeah. rain, the rain. Yeah, it's a it's a breathtakingly sad song, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe I, I, one I've day I've got much I will, more to say on that. <laughs> maybe one day I will free her, though I know no one can see her. Oh. Is that Jonathan King again? Or? <laughs> Although, going back to my <laughs> hypothesis... In 1971, Stevens told Cream, I think Sad Lisa reflects me very much. I say it's Lisa, but I suppose basically I'm talking about myself on that one. Okay, so when you presented that notion as your own... No, no, I read read that on Genius after I prevented, prevented, presented that reflection... And then went on to create the character of Karen in Outnumbered. Mm. That I did. <laughs> we workshopped it for weeks. <laughs> Can't tell. <laughs> Checking my phone. Just seeing she... where my chopping boards are. <laughs> How true those words are, even today. As true today as they were when they were written. For who here amongst us has not wondered where his chopping boards are? I'll keep going. Tell us what we're going to talk about next, Mike. You steer. You're the Tillerman. The notional Tillerman. <laughs> Gray and I are merely taking tea. To you. Well, I, I'm taking much tea. <laughs> Some of it is for you. <laughs> but if, if you are the tea bringers, does that not mean you steer the ship? For I am waiting for to receive the tea. No, if, for you. This, no, no, we, we, we are the not man upon we, we the tiller. Don't know, we, we are. Don't know how to till, look, Mike? If there, if there is, we such just a make word, a good cuppa. We are teamen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and therefore you bring not the knowledge to be of the confused. tea. No, no knowledge. We are, we are teamen, and you, as a tillerman, are a seaman. Ahoy, man upon the Ahoy. tiller! We are teamen, travelling teamen, and we have tea for you. Yeah, keep walking, sunshine. <laughs> Keep walking. I'm, uh, Have you seen that burly Tillerman on the cover? He wouldn't be pulling up that. To be honest with you, I've got, I've got my hands full with Lisa. She's weeping again. Although I suspect, actually, that Lisa may indeed be me. <laughs> Think about what so you will do. either she or myself. I've got to be honest with you, I'm getting deeply confused with all the layer of metaphor upon this. <laughs> Can I just put another thing out there? The Tillerman on the cover of the album reminds me of Alan Moore. Discuss. Yes, yeah, you're not I wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it needs much more discussion Do than we that. Do you think that Alan Moore styled himself on the cover of? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I think lately. Alan Moore styled himself on. An I can't do a sort of Northampton. I've got. Or want to look now, dude? No, but that's more Birmingham. I can't do a Northampton accent, but nevertheless, uh, imagine him saying, "Yes, I'd like to look like that." Shall we move on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, currently we are miles from nowhere. Oh, oh I love it when we segue into a song like that. That's absolutely textbook. <laughs> I love Miles from Nowhere. I loved it. I kind of don't. 
for me, this is probably my skippable track on the album. You know, it's the first song on the album. I don't remember how it goes. Mm. The first four. Miles absolutely. from nowhere. I guess I'll take my time. Is Ted, Ted Nugent here? Yes, now? he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miles from nowhere. Miles from nowhere. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. I'm going to do a Carol King covers album. <laughs> oh, God, not again. <laughs> this one, it feels, it's a song that feels like it should resonate with me, but it doesn't. It, it's kind of. It's all about. Finding oneself, isn't it? It's mm. a spiritual enlightenment song. It's about him trying out Buddhism and Taoism and numerology and then finally embrace Islam. Yeah, but Gray, you talked about how great his voice is earlier. Oh, we all thank did. You. The, the line when he says, Lord, my body has been a good friend, he stretches some of those notes beautifully mm. and it becomes this almost elastic thing. Like as he, as a word, just gets stretched beyond recognition, but in a good way, and not in a way that shit like that sounds. It's great. <laughs> so you're saying it's his voice is good, not shit. That's correct. Yes, and right. and those are. I mean, that's all I really have to say on Cat Stevens, and I'll leave the two of you to it. <laughs> good day to you, man. <laughs> his voice is good and not shit. <laughs> okay. And it took half an album to get to that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to say things too quickly. I want to. I want to take my time. I mean, Adam, you've my- hit on a really splendid point here <laughs> overall. But but Cass Stevens does just have a great timeless voice. Yeah, and I feel like I people probably voice. haven't talked about that enough. And finally, no, I think you've really hit been on brave something. enough to mention it. <laughs> Thank God for you, Adam. It's, I say that to myself every day. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day. <laughs> Increasingly, I'm not sure what does, but here we are <laughs> having a ruddy good podcast. Oh, bloody good podcast. <laughs> God knows what it's going to sound like in the edit, but hazy and mysterious. <laughs> <Just> muddy, muddy. <laughs> yeah, um, again, because there's not a song I dislike on this album, but this is probably my first. Mm. Forgettable one. I think there are more forgettable songs just over the horizon. More forgettable. Also by Carol King. (laughs) Yep, never never one. Yeah, again, I struggle to remember. I I know what the lyrical content of the song is. Just can't forget the notion of being a long way away from somewhere. I think musically it's very similar to the title track, which we'll get to. And I almost feel that both suffer on that count. Um, Mouths but, but, Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the end of the album, because that's where the title track is, which is the logical place for it. Yeah. <laughs> One interesting yeah. observation about this album is that... Ricky Gervais has used a lot of this album, or indeed Cat Stevens' entire output throughout his career. And so there were a number of songs, this in particular, where I thought, I am certain that I've seen this on a slightly underwhelming Ricky Gervais product. Mm. Uh, obviously, Probably the one in the old people's home, what was that called? Uh, Derek. 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 Mm. Um, or the one where he's, you know, callously engineers the death of a drug addict. <laughs> In, yeah, uh, which, uh, which does not get resolution to it. No, not at all. That's just fine. Yeah. 
Um, What's that one? That's the Netflix one, yeah. Yeah, his wife dies and therefore acting like a prick oh, is allowed. Oh, yeah. I've been it's... told I should watch that and then I, I, I mean, it, it, there are bits of it that really are lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are other bits of it where you, like with everything he's written, where you think, okay, so it's just, it's just everything you think, but you've just dressed it up with a loose plot. He, he is the comedy equivalent of Quentin Tarantino, where it's like, oh, oh here's the all the things I like. <laughs> the character's now left. Please welcome Mr. Tarantino's thoughts on the situation. Mm. But yeah, he does uh, literally engineer the death of a heroin addict, and uh, it's just never mentioned again. And, you know, it, everybody was trumpeting him online and stuff, and you, you sat there going, do you, know, do we, do we remember the, the death of the drug addicts? Guys. <laughs> Oh, oh cat. And, now, and now here's a lovely bit of Cat Stevens. Hmm. Huh. Maybe I won't watch that one then. Oh, it's, it's fine. Oh, I, watch it, make I it haven't watched the second series. There's, it's there's broadly other fine. Yeah, there's other things in it as well, like the, the salary of a local newspaper journalist is clearly vast to <laughs> allow him to have the fabulous house that he has. But that's neither here, neither here nor there. wonder what his relationship with his father was actually like listening to this song. I do too, but about the song. Um... What? <laughs> no, no, I, I am talking about the song. You know, we've got the, the lyrics. It's, this is all about the, I, I don't want to work all day, I don't, don't want to work all the way doing just what they say. Someday you'll get a, a job like me. It, it really feels again like a sort of bitter um, taking of father's advice on this one. I think. Work hard, boy, and you'll find one day you'll have a job like mine. Yeah, and then he sort of... Royal sort of... Vizier to the Sultan. <laughs> because it's delivered by Skeletor. <laughs> Work hard, he-man. <laughs> Evil in your boob. Don't talk to mother like that. Someday you will have Castle Greyskull. Because nobody should be that poor. <laughs> have that kind of James Dean um, you know dream like you'll live forever note to it I, I quite like this one I think it's nice it was written for a, a film called Deep End uh, about the, the genera- about the, the trials and travails of a swimming pool management <laughs> as they're taken over by Skeletor <laughs> the Deep End needs to be deeper Evelyn, go after that black brick. So he, his father worked at a leisure centre that was bought by Grayskull conglomerates, and yes, they made the British deep end was somewhere deep in there as well. Yeah. Yes, men at arms had to get rid of all the sides. Also, whatever his name it was a lifeguard, but it was useless. Yada yada so yada. He, he, he man characters doing something. <laughs> if you'd like to think of a he man character doing something incongruous at a leisure centre, contact us. Tweet us at Party Listen. <laughs> that at Party Listen. Carol King on the Tannoy. 
Make your own fun every <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Can't do all the work here. Uh, but yes, no, the film Deep End was about uh, the older generation's expectations of the young. Sounds like a real blockbuster, that film. So I'm assuming <laughs> you've never seen this one, Michael. Nope, never even heard of it. I My film director, Jersey Skolmowski. Yes. Grey Skolmowski? <laughs> 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 Oh, well done. <laughs> the two fans of Breaking Glass are having a rare old time over here at Grace. Last comment. <laughs> Guys, simmer down. He's a guest. <laughs> yeah, uh, mu musically, the song actually has the most going on in terms of... it's. it's I think that's probably where you can hear, knowing that it's from a different project, because there's actually more. Whereas things yeah. like Sad Lisa and Teeth mm. of a Tillerman are very stripped back, this one has a yeah. bit more bells and whistles to it than the other songs do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't musically fit with a lot of the rest of the record. No. But that's no bad thing. It's very good. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, but it's kind of like when you know that it's from a different project, you're like, oh, actually, now you say that. Can yeah. You it's a bit different. I'm also always a sucker for when you read the lyrics uh, where somebody's thoughtfully included an exclamation mark. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know that that line has to be delivered with gusto. <laughs> or terror. <gasps> or indeed terror. <laughs> but I might die tonight, Prince Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own fun, everyone. <laughs> so, we're going to need some longer boats. Oh, now, yeah. Speaking of things that don't fit in the album, this, to me, feels like... You know on Paul Simon's Graceland, where he has the Lady Smith Black Mambazo little interludes? Let's yeah. say yes. Oh, I do. I, know, I got that one. <laughs> Wow, Adam <laughs> got one of my musical references. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, great, it's that... only happened three times in the whole time we've known one another, but let's enjoy it while it's here. Paul Simon's Graceland, I'm with you. Crack oh, on. Why don't you skip off into the sunset together? Um, that, sure. That's what it felt like. That's an appropriate that's response. <laughs> yeah. You, you go and sulk in the corner. My bean bag with the hot chocolates over in the corner, Michael. Do you want to go and sit in it for a bit? It smells. <laughs> It does smell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been there for five weeks waiting to be told apart. Just what's it crumbs. <laughs> Drizzled options. And cold Chicago town pizza that I cooked the night before, but wasn't oh, it cold the next day? He's got bits of crust stuck in his beard. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. I thought, I don't, when Longer Boat starts... I don't care for it at all because it's got that sea shanty bit to it and I find it very irritating. See, I'm a sucker for a sea shanty. Well, of course you are. Like You're a Yes. Yeah, that's, we have discussed. Famously, we are the T-man, you are the seaman. Famously sea-bound for Tillerman. very popular in the gallery. <laughs> because seaman is also a rude word, Michael. It means jism. Seaman. Quite. No, that's not. <laughs> Make your own fun, Seaman. 
Is that what they call the lifeguards at his <laughs> leisure centre? <laughs> yes. Ahoy, sea man! <laughs> Ahoy there! <laughs> Apparently played by Camp Lion. <laughs> Which, to be honest with you, it was cringe, it was right there. <laughs> I mean, if you like, we could incorporate Thundercats so we could just have Shinaf be the... the Shinaf! Why, you know? There you go. <laughs> So as I as I weave through all these Thundercat characters, get back to Cat Stevens. <laughs> we get back Thundercat to the Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's cleared a house. <laughs> Longer boats are coming to win us. Coming to win us, coming to the win thing us. Is, when that bit stops, hold the, on to the shore. The song, yeah, when that bit's not going, the song's the song right. really gets going. Because <coughs> I, as again, I was listening to it on the way home, and I thought, oh, this is this is the one that I am less keen on. But then, as soon as the well, that bit finishes, you think, oh, no, th- this song's got a lot going for it. After that, and then it goes back to that, and that's the issue with it. Mm. I li- I like the sea shanty part because it's also unlike anything else on the album. It's a diff. It's f- you know mixing up a little, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I just I, it 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 clashes too much for my liking personally. Yeah, is it, do you think is he just needed, away from the fields? Do you think he just needed a reference to a boat? Does he need it? Tillerman. In an album called... T- but there's no <laughs> reference to T. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, apart from it in the final song. There's there's no song called Lapsang Souchong. <laughs> oh, no, there isn't, no. And perhaps there should be. I mean, Carol perhaps King there did. Should be. Yeah. Colin Hay from uh, Men at Work did a song about Lapsang Souchong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Probably in common with 98% of people, my knowledge of Men at Work begins and ends with that one particular song. Oh, they've got some wonderful albums. I'm sure they do, um, yeah. They really do. Um, I may indeed bring one at some point. I, I think you'd quite enjoy them, actually. We're busy that week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I was, I was transfixed by Cat Stevens, so I'm welcome I welcome the opportunity to broaden my horizons. It's very much the point of the podcast. But um, I don't know to what extent men at work... I mean, hey, I might have said that about Cat Stevens at one point, so hey, you never know. You never know. I thought... Mm. I, I'll, bring, I, I'll, bring, I'll tell you what, if, we, if, if, if I'm still sat in that corner in five years' time, I'll... Come uh, say hello. I'll it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, do come join us periodically. Um, I thought the lyric was, I don't, know one, I don't want no gun on my lawn. Mm. I thought it was... That, and I didn't realise it it's was... God! Yes, I, I realise now it's God. God. Just a flower the, I can help along is quite nice. There was a suspicion that the song was talking about UFOs, which I think he used to play around with the notion of the 70s and take the piss out of people. So, is there... Yes, it's a song about UFOs. Oh, right, he was playing Taking the Piss Out of Them. That's fine. I was going to say, he's not one of these people that believes in literally everything at some point or another, is he? He probably has at some point or another. Yeah, fine. UFOs, though. Why? Well, why not? Uh, 
Because it's silly. Is it? Yes. Is it? Oh, the idea that uh, something is out there, not silly. The idea that we've been visited and it tends to only be toothless yokels that know about it, silly. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you're both doing some frantic motions with your head. (laughs) I'm sorry, have the two of you been discussing UFOs in the brief time that I went for a wee? Have you not heard our our sister podcast? What, UFOs are real? I have seen it. I didn't know what it was about. No, it's it's just me and Mike Mike shooting the shit about, you know, UFOs being real. It's great. It's called What's That Up There? (laughs) This week, so, what's that up there, Great. Is it a spider's web? Oh, no, it's a spider's web. Yeah, it's a spider's web. <laughs> we, we just title, things. It might be a UFO eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's that up there? <gasps> oh, it's a shopping bag in a tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know, we managed to make them last three hours, though. Mm, we do. And the fact you're coming up to your 300 episodes. <laughs> Interestingly, we'd be able with three. We just changed the number of zeros for a joke that we both made simultaneously. <laughs> it's clearly in the threes. <laughs> the only question is the number of zeros. Uh, should we move on to Into White? <laughs> yes. It's a perfectly lovely song. Because they all are. They all are. Because it's on Tea for the Tillerman, and so they're all perfectly lovely. I mean, he built but- his house from barley rice green pepper walls do you not think if you were going to play and you wanted to show someone the Cat Stevens song this is like the epitome of a Cat Stevens song well that might be I don't know because I think Into White is I would say one of the weaker ones And I, but oh. I now bear in mind I'm coming at this with no broader knowledge whereas I imagine the okay. two of you have listened to virtually all of Cat Stevens so if you say this is the quintessential Cat Stevens song that in many ways uh, alarms me because what I was going to ask when we finished and indeed will ask is where does somebody like me a Stevens neophyte go next for if you're saying they're all about building your house from barley rice and all that very sort of late 60s whimsy then um, let's key <laughs> to me this song has a bit more of a Nick Drake vibe to it yes okay and not so much indicative of Cat Stevens. Well, what I liked about Stevens was the fact that there was so much going on, uh, in addition to a nice voice and some good guitar playing. Mm. Nick Drake, I find that there is sometimes very little going on outside a nice voice and some lovely guitar playing. And obviously the, the, the cachet of his deeply sad story. I've, I've struggled to access Nick Drake. I don't, I don't necessarily get why people love him as much as they do. I think it's nice, it's very pleasant, but whilst also being blisteringly sad. But yeah, I mean this this song is not bad. I just hmm. it's it's nowhere it's never gonna be in like my top three on the record. Oh I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying but if you were to sort of surmise a lot of Cat Stevens oeuvre into one hmm. record I would, I would suggest that this would be the most Cat Stevens song uh, on the album. And if that disappoints you, I it does. I deeply apologise. 
A sad blue-eyed drummer rehearses outside a black spider dancing on top of his eye. Red-legged mm-hmm. chicken stands ready to strike. Somewhere there's a there's a weeping gesture jester. I was going to say it sounds very familiar of something we listened <laughs> yeah. to recently. It does. No, <laughs> the, the difference is that I think Marillion are fun, and I don't think Cat <laughs> Stevens is often fun. <laughs> no, Cat Stevens is not fun. No, you make a good point actually. There, there's, there's, it's. Terribly earnest for Sal. Yes, that, that's exactly the word. I was going to go with sincere, but earnest is a lot better. Mm. That's, it is very, very earnest. <laughs> Fish could totally take Cat in a fight. Oh, absolutely he could. Eh? Don't even fucking question that, my friend. No. <laughs> I mean, don't you worry about Fish, my friend. Absolutely. Don't fucking worry a fucking thing. I've absolutely got this. And if it came down to combat, <laughs> Fish would batter him. It's good to know, Mr. Fish, but shan't be necessary. Thank you. Did he have anything to say to Cream in retaliation to this? Um, uh, no, I wish Mr. Fish very well. And, uh, I see that you do. <laughs> it was odd that Fish was interviewing him for Cream. <laughs> yeah. It's, did he have anything to say to Mr. Fish? Also, I mean, the people that approached Mr. Fish and said, we'd like you to interview Cat Stevens, but ideally we'd like it to be very combative. <laughs> with with quite a lot of threats. <laughs> hey, I've got that, uh, don't worry. Right, You're Stevens. only allowed to have one pint of Guinness throughout. <laughs> Fucking earnest, aren't you? What's that? <laughs> What's barley race? Have you had time to build with that? You're joking. <laughs> you still have not got a jester. <laughs> I've got a Tillerman instead. Out of oh. interest, Gray, have you listened to that record? The Marillion one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have. <laughs> and your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, prior to you guys waxing lyrical about it, my my knowledge of Marillion lay solely in Kaylee. Yeah, um, so pretty similar to is, my Cat Stevens knowledge, to be honest, which is broadly yeah. just father and son. Which are both I, songs by Carol King. <laughs> it's both oh, Carol King's <laughs> Which both um, of which Carol King had written for her mooted He Man project. <laughs> she Man. <laughs> she Man. Um, I, I, the album yeah, Tapestry I... of Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, don't you think it looks lovely? <laughs> Evelyn, back to your tapestry. That's where the photo on the front of Tapestry is taken, actually. It's one of the north windows of Castle Grayskull. Yeah, if you look at a photo credit, it's <laughs> credited to... <laughs> it's Man at Arms taking up photography. <laughs> it's Manny Faces. It's taken the photo. <laughs> I'm sorry, there was a character called Manny. <laughs> Manny <laughs> Faces, yeah. <laughs> Much like Eva Lynn, it's man.e.faces. <laughs> and you'll never guess, Mike, but he's got more than one face. <laughs> so we laugh at me for saying Tillerman, but Manny, he has Manny faces. And the fact he's called Manny. <laughs> hey, Manny, get over here. Hey, hey, Manny, gee. Wait, hey. Hey, oh. Hey, hey point one of those faces this, this guy, way, Manny. What, what the faces over here. I mean, what many people have overlooked in He-Man is, many the, is the delicious wordplay. <laughs> like it was written by Oscar Wilde himself. 
What were we saying? <laughs> Something about Cat Stevens. <laughs> yeah, I think, what, did we agree it was good? Broadly or... <laughs> in favour, I think. <laughs> it was quite nice. Um, well, oh, yeah, we were asking Greg whether or not he'd actually listened to script from a jester's tear yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not my cup of tea, um, but I, I would maintain it probably is more so than, uh, than the previous week's venture. Um, oh, yeah, don't bother. Mr. Allen. No, I... GG Allen, it's, it's, it's absolutely horrid. <laughs> if, you like, if you like Cat Stevens, I would describe Cat Stevens as anathema to GG Allen. It is, right. they cannot, they can't coexist. No. <laughs> if you had them both on a CD multi-changer, it would break. <laughs> there is a jukebox somewhere out there that does have both, though, you realise. Yeah, and it breaks a lot. It's yeah, awful. Totally. It's not worked since 1973. <laughs> Much like popular music itself. Now, yeah. <laughs> that's not true. I like. I also enjoy the eighties. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Road to Find Out, track nine. This is one of my favourites on it. Again, you got the openings with that very lovely, spiritual sounding guitar. Mm. Um, yeah, it's lovely, lilt in his voice, straight, it's one of his more quiet, introspective moments. Yeah, it's a song about spiritual fulfilment again. We've already had one, but this feels like the better of the two. Yeah. I actually feel that the version on the 50th anniversary is better for this really? one. Yeah, it's, they've it, kind of, he's done it as kind of a, a bluesy chain gang kind of song, and I, I actually prefer that orchestration of it. Really, because I really like the uh, the wistful nature of this and the uh, that that call in the background. That, ah, it has more of that sense of youthful longing and searching to find something. I feel like it. The, the tone of this fits the actual. Um, it's wistful, isn't it? It is very wistful. I mean, what I could have almost liked on the 50th anniversary is a bit more of that Joni Mitchell both sides now effect with it, mm. which you probably could have got if you hadn't gone for the old Ching Gang sound, which sounds yeah. kind of incongruous with it. Mm. I mean, it, yeah, it's it worked fine. For it worked for me. <clears throat> uh, and I love, this is one of the ones where I, I love how he plays around with his voice because he goes from that very gentle thing into other times where he's like, I'm on the road yeah. to find out. Like, he really kind of, more guttural, as guttural as, yeah. Because <laughs> um, we haven't mentioned him yet. <laughs> Tom Waits bell. I'm going to have to get a klaxon for Tom Waits mentions. <laughs> or just a... a <sighs> just get a sound bite and then go, Dr. Seward. Careful, Dr. Seward, or canapé. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think this is lovely. I, I do feel it goes, is it the longest song on the album? Um, give me a second to find out. I, I feel like it, I feel that because the rest are all quite succinct, I it do is. feel that this one yeah. does go on it's a little five, bit. Oh, five minutes true. long. So most of them don't really overstay their welcome. They they don't really ramble on, do they? They're, they're just... Well, this is a road trip of a song. Mm. For he is mm. on the titular road to find out. Which... Happens to be miles from nowhere. Mm. <laughs> and at one point he goes into white. 
No, he's gone back again. He's uh, two steps forward, three steps back. As Mike says to all of his passengers on his vessel as he mans the tiller. You, you know, tiller, Tillerman's also a guy who tills in the field. Ah. <laughs> you know, maybe hence the album cover when he's in a bloody field. Oh, bloody cannon and ball here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in the sea, yeah. Just because you don't want to be a seaman. <laughs> <laughs> I grudgingly accept you may have a I, I like that it's taken you however long of this podcast to bring that up, Mike. You've been sat on that, haven't you? <laughs> I think you sat on that like Skeletor on his throne. I assume that Mike probably just thought better of us and thought, no, I I assume they're joking. No, no, they they clearly (laughs) think it's about boats. (laughs) You're not wrong. That's genuinely why. Oh Oh my god, no, they actually think it's about a fucking boat. (laughs) Messaging my girlfriend. (laughs) They actually think it's about boats. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, match point. <laughs> should, we, should, should we start again? Um... German, I leave you to your mess. <laughs> you, you I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll just pull a beanbag over to Gray's side of the room. I'll leave Come you join to, me. I'll leave there you is to entertain Mr. Fish and Gigi Allen up there. Yeah, I, this this song does have some lovely turns of phrase. Uh, then I found myself alone, hoping someone would miss me. That's quite sad. That's almost like an Into the Wild sort of yeah, train of thought. I often think every time I leave the house, go to co-op. I hope somebody will miss me. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Okay. Uh, Is that why you always text me, saying just off to co-op? <laughs> yep. You never <laughs> respond. Yeah, I'm thrilled for you. <laughs> Get a snicker for me. Yeah. Father yeah. and son. Ah. Now, I didn't know this about the song. It was originally part of a, of a proposed musical project starring Nigel Hawthorne called Revolutia, about a boy who wants to join the uh, Russian Revolution despite the, the uh, going against the wishes of his conservative farmer father. That sounds like a real barnstormer. Mmm. Yeah. It'll definitely be up there with We Will Rock You and Hamilton. I just love that the does it, change it ever so slightly. There'll be a dancing in the aisles about that. Even down to the detail, it was going to be Nigel Hawthorne singing the part of yeah. the father. Uh, stand by, please, while I remind Scat. myself who Nigel Hawthorne is. Yes, Minister, Demolition Man, Manston oh, George. Really? Hmm. Primarily, Demolition Man. I can tell you he's the third (laughs) Nigel on IMDb. And you're right. uh, Is that after Nigel Havers and Nigel Thornbury? Uh, Havers is first, and then it's Lindsay in second. Nigel fucking Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) But Nigel, you'll be delighted to know that Nigel Hawthorne has just pipped Nigel Terry, who apparently was in Excalibur and not a lot else. He was Prince John in Line of Winter. Yeah, good He's him. a terribly good actor. I mean, in my top trumps of Nigel's, though, I would have had Hawthorne over fucking Lindsay. All right, out of interest, yeah. gentlemen, where would you put uh, where would you put Plainer? 
Oh, about Ooh, seven. Ten. In, your, in this game of <laughs> Nigel Top Trumps. <laughs> no, you're Nigel's. It's <laughs> Nigel Planer is. He's in at six, Mike. He's in at uh, six. Number close. seven is Davenport. Oh, oh Davenport's okay. speaking in there. Oh, then yeah. it's Bennett in at eighth, and uh, then and there are no more Nigels. Nigel which Ben, a, which is a different game. <laughs> no more Nigels. <laughs> did did they make plans for that? <laughs> no, for there were none to make plans for. for. Were, uh... <laughs> we're only making plans for eight Nigels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this song with all my heart. I oh, think you bloody do. It's Father and Son. Beautiful song. Yeah, it's it's just it's not the attitude. You're not. <laughs> of course you bloody do. <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> sorry, I did go a bit Fox News there. Yeah, I did, sorry, Richard Quest. You're gonna put, Mike's going to put a bow tie on and cry now. <laughs> of course you bloody like it, great. Of course you bloody do. It's Father and Son. What other reaction is there to have to it? Yes, Father and Son. It is a wonderful, beautiful song that has the exact same import it does now as when it yeah. was written. He's, like we've said yeah. in some of the other um, podcasts, Mike, it's the one where you think, if he'd only ever written this, mm. yeah. that, that would be enough. It's, it's a masterpiece, isn't it? And it's a, play, it's oh, a yeah. song that has... A very, very sort of unique and special place in both popular culture and but people's like lives in the cultural yeah. sort of zeitgeist. It's um, it, you, it's you so think most people have only got one father and son in them, if any, because it genuinely quite special. It really does encapsulate not even just with father. I think just with the older generation mm. looking, you know, you know, talking down to the younger generation, just it beautifully encapsulates that kind of attitude and it's written by a guy in his 20s who's yeah. written so thoughtfully from the father's side of things yeah 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 that's 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 what's really special about it isn't it yeah i mean he even said that he you know some people think that he was writing from the son's point of view but how could i sing the father's side without thinking some of that myself at the time mm. But yeah, and like I think you guys were alluding to earlier, but you know how he manages to throw his voice in it as well. But he actually completely manages <clears throat> to embody the father and the son. It's same man, but and his voice isn't that. He doesn't like do a silly voice for one or the other. No, it's, it's just it's the yeah. octave jump. It, yeah. it is, it's not just going, the octave jump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, but I am happy. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing that because that no. would be crass and awful. <laughs> mm. But what's quite nice, just to very quickly, this will be our last stop on the 50th one. He, he does it, he's recorded the father's yeah. um, lines now, and he's duetting with his younger self. Oh, really? And it's, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's, clever. It's recording from like a live show he did at like the, the Rainbow Club or something like that. Or, mm. uh, yeah, some joints in the 70s. So, yeah, that's a very nice touch. Yeah. And, that, and that I think he. He, he quite sensibly doesn't really touch the arrangement on that one. He leaves no. that pretty faithful, hmm. and and lets more the um the uh, the selling point of having the two versions of Cat in the song as opposed to I've made it a scar reggae song. But the thing, I mean, so many. This really is wants. a song that has been covered so much. I mean, 
didn't uh, Boyzone did a cover of it, didn't they? Who knew I, that you could both pull a Ronan Casey out of your ass at the drop of that ass? Ass is right. Love on a roller coaster, just got a rider on that arm. Oh, down the wall. I just wanted to join in. Um, yeah. I'm having a lovely time. Was it, I want to say Cheryl Crow did a cover as well. It's been covered by a lot of people, and none of jo- them have ever. Johnny got... Cash did a, a very strange version of Fiona Apple. Hmm. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, it's as melancholy as you think. And he also did a version with one of his many beautiful daughters uh, on one of his 70s albums, uh, mm. Juice from the Junkie Head Minus Me. I mean, he's Again, got sons, could he not? No. Um, <laughs> but, and, and it's called Father and Daughter. Mm. And, and the bizarre thing is, it's, it's one of those really funny songs where... So has Johnny Cash ever actually heard this song? Because he's completely out of time with it. He just comes in whenever he wants on it. It's quite a funny song to listen I don't, to. I don't. I think he probably hadn't heard it. No, he... probably not. And don't get me wrong. It's, it sounds like I'm doing Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash, but even I'm like, those are not good covers, Mr. Cash. No. Uh, Which one of his many covers albums is that on? <laughs> oh no, he just Johnny covers. Cash six. <laughs> Johnny Cash so covers songs. Johnny uh, Cash sings Carol King. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Well, the, bo- the bulk of his work was Carol King. Well, yeah. obviously, but so was the bulk of Queen's work. It's, Cash, that's what's... Ca- Cash does King. Queen does Cash King. Does king. <laughs> Queen does King. Queen does King. Volume 17. <laughs> Have you heard her, her original version of Headlong? Quite a beautiful, <laughs> introspective number. Really stripped back. It's yeah. just her and a guitar. Yeah. It's just in a, in a G chord. Ooh, it's melancholy. <laughs> but you rush in headlong. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I always preferred her version of Seven Seas of Rye. Mm. I see we're all doing it now, aren't we? We're all sitting there thinking, what's an incongruous Queen song for Carol King to cover? Because I'm going to go with Man and Machines from The Works. You know, both G chords, very melancholy. For tea. <laughs> megabytes for tea. <laughs> if you'd like to suggest an incongruous Queen song for Carol King to have covered for the, for the, for the notional album, King Does Queen. <laughs> Please find us on Facebook at Party <laughs> Listening Party. I, we've got them all done now. Don't I feel like at the we're end. going to have to do tapestry at some point just to get, <laughs> to get in our interest, system. The interest of fairness. I've only just listened to tapestry for the first time in the last year. It's a lovely do, album. Do you know what, lads? I quite enjoyed it. I think there's something to it. I really like tapestry. It's a great album. That does not surprise me. Oh no! I, I mean, it doesn't. It's incredibly on brand for you to like it, isn't it? I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm nothing if not predictable. Hey, you like what you like, man. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, any, any more on this? Yeah, I feel like we are doing Father and Son Down because it's a Titanic song. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. You idiot. Of course you like it, Michael. Of course I it. It's Father, Father and Son by fucking Stevens. <laughs> Thundercat Stevens. <laughs> So generally we're agreed. I just don't what what can one say about father and son that hasn't been said a million times before, given that it's 
a uniquely popular song. Buttress. Yes, you're quite, you're quite right. Buttress, plinth, spiral. <coughs> right, so lads, get the boats out, bring in the fishing nets, because it's time for tea for the Tillivan. Or the ploughs, oh, oh, whatever oh, you prefer. The ploughing, yeah. <laughs> Have you considered very... the idea that the yeah. Tillerman might do both? No. He's a man of many talents. Ploughing in the morning, fishing in the afternoon. That sounds like a hymn. <laughs> it does, yeah. Ploughing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but with a <laughs> reggae <laughs> beat, Mike. <laughs> 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 that a <stone> roses. Tilling <laughs> 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 in the morning, fishing in the Working Hello. in the fields and moving in the fields. Yeah, the strength. Tiller man, tiller, tiller man. Yes, quite. Yeah. So, bring tea for the tiller man, steak for the sun. Which is slightly ruined uh, for me by being the uh, theme music to Extras, again, by yeah. Ricky Gervais. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful piece of music to then be sullied by that usage. Well, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, I, I thought the first series of extras was quite good and the second series was not good at all, but I really, I, I, have, I have a problem with the character of Maggie, who is so cripplingly thick as to render any sort of jeopardy moot, because you think, well, she'll just fuck it up then, won't she? Because that's, that's where this, this episode, like all the other episodes will go, is she will screw it up by being so stupid. And I, I like don't watching mean anything against the actor that's portraying her. I purely, Jensen. Yeah, yeah, I purely withhold my vitriol for the script. She's doing her best. It's a, it's a bit like when you're watching Luther and then Ruth Wilson turns up. So, oh, it's okay. Ruth Wilson's going to do her mad person stuff and yeah, her, sort it all out. She's, yeah. she's just the fixer. She, her character just comes in and says, oh, she's going to sort Luther out. A now. psychopath that will fix everything. Yeah. So, so it literally does every time she pops up. Like, oh, that's the Jeopardy done. Yeah. Yeah, it's is it what is it? How do you say? Is it Deus Ex Machina or De- yeah. Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, that's the one. But is it uh, basically? Oh, problem solved. Pretty much. But anyway, but, we've gone to Ruth Wilson where we should be talking about Tifa Batilaman. Yeah, and it's again, I, I struggle to distance myself from that usage, but um, it is it is very nice. Luckily, again, because growing up the album, it was firmly already in my head before it came across mm. like that, but I, I do like the fact that it's only a minute long, so it really does feel like a coda to the whole piece. I think that's what it, it is. It just feels, it is, but it, I also find it, it it stops as soon as it gets started, and mm. I, I almost feel like there's, it's so truncated, there's a, there's a potential for a hugely epic song. It, it is mm. nice that it is so short, but it's also... Maybe that's the maybe that's the, the, the art of it. It's that it's it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, maybe he'd said everything he wanted to say. I mean, do you mm. think that maybe there was more of a song here and they actually just cut it back? They well, it could also be song. it could What's easily be the limitations of recording at the time. It's only nineteen seventy. Mm. They probably it's well within the realms of possibility that they went, Cat love the record, side two, absolute triumph. Uh, you are going to need to shave a minute and a half off one of these ditties. Uh, I'll leave that to you. You're the artist, not me. 
Um, just let me know and we'll go back into the studio, which is the de facto voice for any record exec ever. Well, that's Island Records, Chris Blackwell, is it? Oh, well, that would, <laughs> that would make sense then, because uh, he had an awful lot to do with a lot of people. Chris Blackwell is an interesting figure and worth reading about. Yes. I just think it's a bit short, personally. It is a bit short, isn't it? it, it is, at yeah. a minute long. Yeah. At a minute long, I, I, I expected more, Mr. Stevens. I, I do. I like its simplicity. You know, I just like it. Mm. It, it, it. It's in its brevity with the lone piano, and then that kind of choir right at the end that just yeah. raises up and then just well, silences again. And that's quite exultant, isn't it? It's very. It's a. It's mm. a lovely end to the to a record that's been it played in places quite introspective. There's yeah. that big joyous noise of an ending. But I agree with Gray. It is somewhat abrupt. Is that and it was of... very confusing for me because Amazon Music auto played Bridge Over Troubled Water straight after. Yeah, um, so... for me it was uh, Neil Young, uh, the one about flags. <laughs> right. Hands off my so flag. I, I was, I, I, <laughs> all about how everybody should like America, but also not, I don't know, Neil Young. But yeah, I was literally really? just going, I do not remember Cat Stevens ever doing a cover. of. Oh no, it's the album is done. We're done. Okay. Well, you'll never guess who wrote Bridge of Troubled Water, <laughs> as long with now, for the two. No, no, no one. Was it Carol King? <laughs> it was, yes. Well, blow me down. <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of a way of saying Garfunkel King. Then it couldn't. I couldn't work it. I couldn't work it, boys. You didn't have time. You didn't have time. Didn't have time. <laughs> didn't have time, my loves. Yeah, I, I quite like the way it has, like I said, that, that final exultant way of finishing because the album in some way has been such a journey of him mm. spiritually, him going through breakups, talking about the world around him, you know, generational discussion and stuff. It goes through a lot of themes on the album and it's almost like that final rise in the chorus is just actually a moment of realisation and, mm. and then it just goes, boom, you're done. Right, so I think we're all broadly in favour. We, we, I mean, it's going to be a quite a subdued party, but we're going to keep T for the Tillemans on the old yeah, yeah, playlist. What, um, so what's everybody's top track? I suspect for you, Gray, it's Wild World. World. Yeah, well, Wild, Wild World is tricky as Not it is. Not Wild World, that's, no, that's a different um, artist. Uh, Paul Weller. Paul Weller, thank you. Star Council, yeah. And Birthday Party. Hmm. Less oh no, that's wild. That's wild world. No, sorry. No. Carry on, everyone. As you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one for me. What about you? How about you guys? <laughs> I do love Wild World. Um, I do just find Word of the Children play so comforting. Yeah. In in the same way, whenever I hear one of my favourite songs of all time is genuinely Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song because that song has a genuine effect of being um, a relaxant on me. As soon as I hear that song, I do go, ah, oh, the world's not that bad. I kind of have the same reaction to Words of a Children Play. It has a genuine effect on me, that song, where I just think, oh, God, this is just so damn lovely. The world's not that shit, is it? Yeah. And 
any, I, know, I always hate to almost pick for first track on albums, but in this case, and there's a, like, I love On the Road to Find Out. I love Sad Lisa and Wild World, but yeah, I think Where, Where Do the Children Play just, just pips them to the pierced. Mine was going to be Where Do the Children Play, but it, it is Hard Headed Woman. Because because it was my my gateway drug to an album which I think is going to stay with me forever, oh. um, uh, and so thanks, gents. But yeah, hard headed woman. I, I just think I really like the the delicate guitar work at the beginning, and then the way his voice goes through sea changes throughout. I think is mm. a, a miracle of a record. It really can't be understated what a unique voice he has. And it's so beautiful, flexible. gorgeous voice, yeah. But and also it, I, so comforting. No, it is. It has a real just, yeah, just, yeah, you say just comforting quality to it. And I do think for whatever reasons he chose to actually give up music, I do think it was to all our detriment that he'd stopped making mm. music as frequently as he did Quite. for so you long. You say that, but The Laughing Apple, which the, the 2017 one, it's it's just not as good. It's okay. it's it's a fine enough album, but when you compare it when to the early stop? stuff, was it late seventies? Yeah, you um, see, that's remarkable, isn't it? And then he basically didn't make an album for twenty odd years because he really will have been at 20. the peak of his powers at that point. Yeah, um, I f- I feel I feel like he did some final shows in the early eighties or something, but it was very much just banging out the hits they famously no tried to get that. they tried to get him to do live aid oh wow. yeah he, he turned down live aid yes and i believe did he perform at live eight but in one of the because sm- a couple of bands did a, like i think like someone like coldplay or travis did cat stevens cover and i think he did one somewhere i think he was like in germany or something at the berlin mm. stage so random like that Mm. But yes, he, I believe he turned out Live Aid. Wow. Well, mm. good thing Paul Young was there to pick up the pieces. <laughs> World's come tumbling down. That's Paul Weller again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said Paul Young. <laughs> Who was also there. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got a plethora of Pauls. <laughs> yeah, and also Nick Kershaw, so and rest easy. <laughs> Howard Young? I think I feel like it. <laughs> Was he there? <laughs> Howard, Howard Young. Um, so what would somebody like me, where should they go next on their Cat Stevens voyage? With, with one just... hand on the tiller. <laughs> <laughs> um, the previous albums are great. Matthew and Son is delightful. Um, more of a poppy album. That's more of a 60s yeah. pop. Um, and New Masters as well. they they are, it's a slightly different voice, but mm. if you want more of the same, then Do I would go with the same. Mona Bonjakon and oh, the subsequent Teaser album. Teaser and the which... Firecat. Yes, thank you. Couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Teaser and the Firecat yeah. is the one I was trying to think of that, you know, I knew mm. had a vaguely silly title. <laughs> <laughs> They've all got vaguely silly titles. <laughs> Hey, I mean, when you can write songs like this, you can have all the silly titles that you want. I mean, let's not forget, he does call himself Cat. Yes. Is that Sometimes. not his name? What's his Cat name? Man! <laughs> What's his actual name? Barnaby? I don't know. <laughs> Barnaby? 
Barnaby Stevens. Barnaby Stevens. <laughs> Barnaby Stevens. Cat Stevens. What was his um, given name? Stephen Dimitri Giorgio. Okay, fair enough. Oh, Cat Stevens is okay. is I, I, certainly snappier. I didn't have him classed as a Stephen. B- bizarrely, no. given his stage name, but yeah, didn't didn't have him as a Stephen. I mean, that sounds Greek. I assume. Um, Wikipedia is not offering that info. Uh, it's, 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 um... Oh, yeah, was the youngest child of the Greek Cypriot father, Stavros oh, Georgiou, mm-hmm. and a Stavros. Swedish mother. I love it. A, a Greek father called Stavros. <laughs> Swedish mother has it a name. Uh, Ingrid. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. <laughs> the family lived above the Moulin Rouge, a restaurant oh, his parents wow. operated oh. in the north end of Shaffrey <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> right. The Moulin Rouge. Right. Should, we, it... should we spin the wheel, Mike? Is it that time, Adam? I think it is. <laughs> spin the wheel! Adam. Oh, I'm excited this time. I mean, as always, I'm excited to find out. What shall we be playing at the party next? Well, as I said to you when we started, I am struggling, or was struggling with my choice, and then I decided, why should I struggle? We'll be doing this for a while. I could talk about literally all of them. I've just got to be patient. As a result of that, I have decided that next week, or we will be listening to 1973's For Your Pleasure by Roxy Music. Oh, okay. That's a Which big is one. a belter. It's a biggie. I'll, I'll be on my beanbag. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> See you soon, Greg. See you soon. Um, but yes, the last one before Eno left. So, oh. as you would expect, there is a quite a lot of noises mm. through for us to enjoy. You will enjoy that, won't you? Yes. I will, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, yes, we look forward to seeing you all again at the party for Roxy Music's For Your Pleasure. And Grace, it's been lovely to have you at the party. It's been an now. absolute treat. Thank now, you so Thank much. you very much for having you me. Now it's been, it's been may a pleasure. Re- you may retreat to the other corner of the room. Don't look at us or speak to us for a while. I, I shan't. Until summoned. <laughs> I, I will wait and send my sparrows accordingly. Send Sparrow to give us word that you're ready to come back. Any time. Uh, retreat back with your box set of He-Man and your copy of Tapestry. <laughs> and uh, just have a, a rare old evening. <laughs> Love it. Great. Is, is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here? On our, and our oh. legions of listeners to hear. I mean, not, not overly. You can find me if you want to on Twitter. It's uh, at Grey Westgate, I think. Um... I, I randomly put up stuff occasionally, um, writings for Film Hounds magazine. Film um, Hounds. Film, Film Hounds magazine. Uh, and yeah, if, if you want to find me, you can find me there. I look forward to hearing from you. Splendid. Wonderful. Um, I, 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 if anyone noticed, I uh, surreptitiously put all our socials in through the course of the the show itself so i won't bother repeating them at the end well let's assume that they make the edit <laughs> yeah they may get yeah, so muddied were they thrown in there <laughs> who shall see so that just leaves me to say thank you very much my darlings and we will see you next time bon voyage the party continues bye 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 <laughs>